0: Welcome to the Atomic Skull Podcast. My name is Matthew and blah, 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 Roman Empire. Now that we got that out of the way, let's get to the rest of the episode. Right up top, you guys, let's catch up on some gold star answers, which I'm going to use as a warm up to embarrassing myself musically, which I know is what you're all waiting for. And the more I think about it, I'm kind of sort of regretting it, but not really, because there's money involved. Whatever, we'll get to it. I want to revisit the question that my guest host, Miss D, asked about your go-to comfort movie that you can watch over and over again. If you remember, hers was the 1998, whatever the opposite of classic is, you've got mail. She's going to kill me. Don't take it personally, Misty. I like a lot of shitty movies too. And on that note, after thinking about it a little bit more, a couple of my go-tos that I could watch again and again would be, first of all, Clerks 2. A lot of people gave that movie shit, but I don't give a flying fuck. Everything about that movie is just right for me. And when I say everything is just right, I'm talking about Rosario Dawson, who is so hot and sweet in that movie, you could serve her over steamed rice with a side of Rangoon's. Also, that flick has to be in the Guinness Book of World Records for most finger-banging jokes in the second act of a movie. Another go-to for me that I could watch over and over again is the first Pirates of the Caribbean. Sadly, there are zero finger banging jokes in that one. I have to cut it off there because there are just too many more to mention and knowing me as I do, this whole bit is gonna devolve into me rating my comfort movies by the quantity of finger banging jokes. And I can't be doing that shit anymore, man. I have a 401k and shredded wheat in my cupboard. I need to grow up at least a little. As far as your answers were concerned, I gotta tell you that I was expecting a lot of fluff, but you guys sent in very much the opposite of that. To be fair, someone did send in Sausage Party, which I never saw, but would be very disappointed if there weren't any finger-banging jokes in that one. See, I'm fucking doing it. I need to be stopped. That was pretty much it when it comes to fluff. Let me give you guys some of the other ones that were sent in that I found the most interesting. Keep in mind that these are comfort movies, okay? Terminator 2. I've talked before about Terminator 2 on the program. One of the best movies of the 90s. One of the best sequels of all time. I'm a pretty fucked up person, but I don't know if I could find any comfort in a movie about breaking mom out of an insane asylum to help stop robots from taking over the planet. Literally, let's just give it like seven or eight years, and that movie is going to damn near become a documentary. And then the last comfort movie that I want to talk about that got sent into to me was Silence of the Lambs. What the fuck is wrong with you people? I mean, to be fair, there are a few finger-banging references in that movie, but I wouldn't consider them jokes by any means. That would be, at the very least, a little uncouth. And don't get me wrong, I love Silence of the Lambs. Everything about that movie is right in my wheelhouse, but there ain't nothing comforting about watching Ted Levine tuck it back while dancing around dressed like a red hat lady. And then, digging back a little bit further, I had asked you guys, what are some songs, bands, and artists that you used to not like, but now you've sort of grown into them? And here I am, thinking, you know, Radiohead, maybe some Hank Williams, Towns Van Zandt, U2, you know who won this question by far? And I'm going to make this the worst of the week. Fucking Creed. I don't mean to bring up the same question again so soon, but what the fuck is wrong with you people? And I'm not talking like one or two people sent that band in as their answer. This was a fucking epidemic. At this point, I'm ready to kick the fuck back and let the machines take over because this was some shit. At first, I thought I was being trolled. I'm not silent about my dislike for Creed, although I will admit that Mark Tremonti is a totally underrated guitarist and he deserves a little more credit than he gets. But I thought that I was being pranked when I started like pushing back a little and asking for receipts. I was so sad that you guys actually provided them. And look, I don't hate anyone for this. I get it what we like is what we like. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. And <laughs> and that right there is going to lead me to fulfilling my part of the bargain with the little fundraiser that I started about a month ago quick little background and reminder of what I'm talking about and also a good way for me to delay it a little bit and work up to it. I was making a new playlist for myself a little while back and sort of re-examining the music that I'm into these days. And there were a lot of songs that were in contention for me to add that I know I used to like. But upon further examination, I just started getting embarrassed, which is no fucking easy feat for me. Let me tell you, I'm looking to try to put a little bit of money into the show. So my offer to all you savages was for every $5 that one of you guys were kindly enough to send to me, I will tell you guys one of the embarrassing songs and throw myself on the mercy of the court for judgment. What I want to say about that up front is a sincere and heartfelt thanks to everyone who sent something my way. I am humbled and I am grateful. I am still working my ass off on this turkey and putting everything I have into it week after week. And to be able to get support in that way so I can hopefully expand a little bit and get this show to reach the ear holes of more people who will like it. It was such a beautiful moment for me. Truly very much appreciated. And I am a man of my word and will be making good on my promise. The good news slash bad news slash good news slash bad news is that making good on my promise is going to take several episodes. I don't want to spend one whole episode shooting my wad with a bunch of songs at once and boring the shit out of you guys about it. So I'm going to peanut butter them out a little bit. This week, since I brought it up, I might as well bring it home. I'm going to start with Creed. First thing that I want to say before broadcasting my shame is that I've never liked Creed at all ever. When they first came out and were kind of sort of labeled a Christian band, they fought hard against that. We're not a Christian band, we're a rock band. And then when Christianity snuck into hard-ass rock music, the same motherfucking band members were in interviews in the same motherfucking publications saying, we started the whole Christian hard rock movement. The only fucking movement that they started was the one in my bowels. Few things piss me off more than someone who doesn't stay true to themselves. And my perception was that they didn't. The singer, Scott Stapp, specifically, dude takes himself way too seriously for how ridiculous his music and his life choices are. I don't want to go too hard on him because I genuinely think the dude has some mental health issues and I hope he's gotten them addressed. And I certainly don't wish any of them any ill will. The other three guys in Creed have been touring as Alter Bridge for decades now with Miles Kennedy as their singer. And Alter Bridge are a relatively solid rock band for dudes out there who still wear wouldn't beat to necklaces and like drop detuning almost as much as they like getting pegged. I am slightly ashamed to admit that I have seen Creed in concert three times and Scott Stapp on his own twice. I enjoyed none of those experiences. Those occasions all happened specifically for getting laid. I was successful three out of five times, which is about how often my local Starbucks gets my coffee order right on the first go. It happens so fucking often now, I don't even get mad about it anymore. It literally fucking happened today, but I digress. There are songs by Creed that I don't hate. Most of them are off the first album, but I also don't like them. Since I'm a kid, I can hear one verse and one chorus of a Creed song and that's about enough. It's like eggnog for me. And I'm not counting this as a food metaphor, you assholes. This is a drink metaphor, it is not the same, and I will not be taking notes on the issue. Every other Christmas, I buy the smallest thing of eggnog so I can have two sips of it just to make sure that I still really don't like it. When I made this playlist, Everything was on the table. So I very quickly went into the Creed catalog and sifted through wide open arms and their own prisons. And I did find one song that thankfully didn't make the cut this time, but it was one that I listened to way back when, when I was a kid and took myself entirely too seriously. And that song, God help me, is Bullets, which is off of, fuck, I'm pretty sure it's off of Weathered, which is their third album. And I wish I didn't fucking know that, but here we are. I'm good with the actual singing part of the song and all that jazz, but it takes forever to get to because there's literally like 90 plus full seconds of scott stapp at his stappiest doing this spoken word intro thing where he's just mumbling in a deep voice motherfucker could be saying anything i want two upper juniors i want one of them on buns that have seeds and one of them on buns without the seeds i also want onion rings and chicken stars and if you have it i'd like a medium fresca If you don't have Fresca, really any lighter carbonated option you have will be fine. I just don't want to be burping a lot because I have to go to the chiropractor this afternoon. And then the actual fucking song kicks in. Ain't nobody got time for that. The second song that I have for you guys, which is going to come with a lot less fanfare, is Back Then by Mike Jones. Y'all remember Mike Jones? Up to that point, I had never seen a rapper that I was sure would be a one-hit wonder as hard as Mike Jones, but I will be damned if I didn't like that song when it came out. I thought it was equal parts brilliant and stupid that he put his actual phone number in the song. Also, it happens to be catchy and easy to sing along to, but when I was building the rap and hip-hop part of my playlist, I found that little ditty out of nowhere and put it on and sang along with it, and I enjoyed myself while doing it. When the song was over, I put it on again, just to see if I would still like it the second time around. And maybe two bars into the first verse, I was like, nah, I'm over it, and left it off. And the last song that I have for today, is actually going to be my song of the week. Even though it might be embarrassing, I still like it. And you can judge me if you must. But what I know about this one in particular is that I am not alone. I read an article that Stephen King, who is the real Mr. October, played this song so much when it came out that his wife threatened to divorce him. And that song which you can find on the Atomic Skull Podcast, Songs of the Week playlist on Spotify, is Mambo Number 5 by Lou Bega. And I can hear a few of your groans from here. And when I say here, I mean from the past in a way that I don't particularly understand. But you can suck my ass because whenever that song comes on, you know you're fucking singing it. What's weird is that when the song first came out, I thought it was good and all that fucking jazz but I got tired of it real quick because it was everywhere and they were playing it like nobody's fucking business. And then one day it randomly came on at some random place for some random reason. And I was like, damn, this shit's actually kind of a bop. Fun musical fact about the song that not one motherfucking person asked for is the song is actually a sample of an old-ass jazz song with the same name that was released in, like, 1950. They got a hold of it, threw some ladies' names in the mix, and then just said the name of the song for no real reason whatsoever, and then, boom, Lou Bega bought himself a house. I actually asked my beautiful wife, Mrs. What's-Her-Name, if there's ever been a song that I've played so much that she wanted to kick my ass, but she couldn't think of one, which is completely fine, because I sure as shit have a Bunch for her. Well, I will be the first to admit that Mrs. What's-her-name has a lovely singing voice and I enjoy hearing her belt it out when she's in the shower. If I have to hear Hello by Adele one more fucking time, my wife's lifeless body will be rolling in the deep. Speaking of Mrs. What's-her-name, She is the focus of this week's Kids and Scary Story series that I am doing all month for Halloween. So, this last week, my beautifully insane wife asked me super nonchalantly if I wouldn't mind throwing her phone on the charger. Not a problem. I am contractually obligated to honor her in sickness and in health, and this seems like it vaguely falls under that umbrella. I throw the phone on the charger. Now, Her phone, when it begins charging, will show the percentage of the battery power that's currently on it, which I happened to see, and I immediately started sweating. 3%. 3 fucking percent. Her phone battery is as low as my social battery after a weekend closing shift at the dildo store. As far as I'm concerned... She might as well jump out of a fucking airplane with no parachute. This woman is a psychopath. Oh my God. Don't even get me started on how long she waits to fill up her gas tank. She will tell me for a solid week that her gas tank light is on and then continuously tell me that she forgot to get gas when she gets home. And in case her father is listening to this, I want to be very clear that I do my matrimonial due diligence And whenever I try to tell her that she needs to be sure to get gas, she jumps down my throat with a, I know my car, for a cat who never gets below a quarter of a tank in both my phone battery and my car. Those two things that she does are fucking terrifying. But also, her car has never actually ran out of gas that I know of. So there's nothing I can really say, but I refuse to not be frightened. And then lastly, before I turn y'all loose for the week, I saw Saw X. I saw the movies. Jesus Christ, this is just going to fucking get silly. I went to the theater and watched the newest sequences of torture porn barely strung together by a plot looser than, I don't know, your mom or something. I'm a big fan of the idea of the Saw series. And the first movie or two were both killer. I'm really sorry, you guys. I didn't choose the pun life. The pun life chose me. Statistically, most of the Saw movies are not awesome. It's very easy for that whole thing to get really stale really quickly. But I liked this new one a lot more than the last several. And I'm sort of equally glad that they made the movie and that they waited a while to do it. I know it sounds crazy to say about a flick with a scene where someone's eyeballs get sucked out of their sockets, but there was a little bit more of a human element to this one, and I kind of like that. Tobin Bell, who plays Jigsaw, is an actor who can only really do one thing, but he does it so good God damn good. There were two occasions in the movie where a tear came down his face and both times they were digitally added, like painfully, obviously digitally added. The man can't show an actual heartfelt emotion on celluloid to save his life, but he can play the most menacing motherfucker you've ever seen like nobody's fucking business. I'm bringing it back, you guys. It is inevitable. Get on the train. The real reason that you watch those movies is for the traps and the gore, and this one was right on the money with that. There were a few things that were a little bit ridiculous. I have two words for you. Intestinal lasso. But I'm not complaining. I'm not expecting Shakespeare when I'm going to see that kind of movie. The main person that Jigsaw was trying to you know, teach his lesson to, if you will, was obnoxiously over the top evil to like a Bond villain level. And I wouldn't have been upset if they pulled that back just a little bit. But I love the way that it ended. And I'm thinking they're going to do a couple more of them. And how that leads me to the best of the week is that when I came home from the movie, I was able to convince my beautiful wife, Mrs. What's-Her-Name, to watch the first one with me, which she's never seen and usually hates horror movies, but I think she's gonna love the first one. So we're gonna watch that sometime this upcoming week. And I haven't seen it in a few years, so I'm super excited to crack it back open. And there you have it, boys. That's this week's story, and I am sticking to it. Thank you all so so much for hanging out with me a little bit it always matters a whole bunch and i can't wait to do it again next week i hope you aren't too salty about me going all in on creed and if you are i hope you can forgive me (laughs) there will be more songs that i used to like next week and i hope you don't judge me for them too much also next week I don't know. I got some shit that's been on my mind, so it might get a little serious in here for a second. And there will also definitely be a dildo chronicle or two, so don't worry. If you are sad this week that I talked about finger banging but not dicks, fear not, because next week I will have you covered, likely on both. My usual quick housekeeping, if you'll indulge me, Follow me on all the socials at Atomic Skull Podcast. Subscribe and give my bullshit five stars wherever you're listening. And it would mean a lot to me if you would tell a few people about the show and maybe post about it on your current favorite social media cesspool. If you do post about it, be sure to tag me so I can profusely thank you and kiss your ass a little. Who doesn't love when that happens, right? Thank you guys so, so, so much. I love every single one of your spooky asses, and don't ever forget to say hello to me after you listen to the episode. I am always excited to hear you part of the conversation. Apologies to my mother-in-law, and how are you doing?